Hi everyone and welcome to our podcast on scalp micropigmentation. I'm Caitlin James from Scalp Micropigmentation Australia. Uh, So welcome to episode four. Um, Today we're talking to a client of ours called Josh and we're going to be talking about his experience with hair transplants um, and scalp massages and um, his um, procedure of scalp micropigmentation and how he is able to um, utilise scalp massages um, as well as scalp micropigmentation to to not use medications to support his hair transplant results. So if this sounds like um, an episode for you, make sure you stay tuned and listen um, and see what Josh has to say. Hi, Josh. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Caitlin. Good. Good. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. That's not a problem. Lovely. So today's topic, we're talking to you um, about your experience with hair transplant, combining it with scalp micropigmentation. That's the one. Lovely. So um, let's just go back to the beginning. And um, when did you first um, start experiencing hair loss? Um, for a few years ago now, probably uh, late 2013, early 2014. Excellent. Um, about yeah. what age were you? So I was 22, mm-hmm. just about turned 23. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. And, um, and what was it that made you, prompted you to look into something, um, you know, whether, I don't know, what did you start with, um, looking at a hair restoration procedure or medications or vitamins? Like what, where did you first go for help? Um, I first started looking at, I, I mean, just doing research online at, at minoxidil and uh, finasteride, um, just all the, the first things that pop up when you, when you first start looking uh, for kind of solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried a bit of minoxidil. I wasn't keen on it. Uh, basically, all those kind of prescription medical and non-prescription medications just have side effects. And it just wasn't something that I was willing to kind of go with for the rest of my life, putting my mm-hmm. health at jeopardy for for something um for for hair mm-hmm. um but it did bother me um and i just at some point like i tried out those out for a bit and then i just kind of got fed up with it i'd never shaved my head in my life and i thought okay i'll just try it shave my head see what it, what happens yeah um it actually i actually enjoyed it i did it for about six months um yeah and yeah really quite liked it um but i still i was still unsure about whether that was something i wanted to do forever um, and I remember it was in 2016, late 2016, I kind of just, uh, I didn't do enough research on, uh, on hair transplants. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just something that I kind of, I fell first in very good marketing. Yeah. Um, and it taught me a very valuable lesson on anything that you do, especially something like any, any procedure really. Um, just do as much research as you can and actually go and meet the person who's going to be doing the procedure um, because I yeah, fell for the marketing and I went into a hair transplant that uh, in Turkey, in Istanbul, because I was heading to Europe at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just didn't – they basically told me that I wouldn't end up with a scar um, because they were doing some special method. But pretty much any, any surgical procedure always has a scar. And I definitely mm-hmm. ended up with scars in the back of my head. 
Um, so this the the first hair transplant that plants that you did. Um, yep. How many grafts um, w- was it that they were transplanting for you? That was three thousand. Yep. Um, and it was FUA. FUE, yep. So FUE for those listening is when you have that end up with the speckled type scarring back through the um, the donor area. So um, excellent. So after after that, you you would have waited a number of months for the little hairs to start growing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and when they did start coming through, it wasn't what I expected as well. Um, it it um, was just a bit sparse in areas that I kind of was hoping to be a bit thicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't totally happy with, with like, if, if for me, if anything gets done, I would like it to look as natural as possible. And it just wasn't looking as natural as I'd like. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> then I made my second, uh, big mistake or well, not was really a big mistake. I did do a lot more research this time, but I, um, I just, I, um, I still went back to Turkey cause I was going back to Europe again. Um, and this was a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah, around a year and a half later. Um, I was going back and I thought, I'm just going to go to like a, a prop, like a the most highly respected surgeon that I could find in Turkey because it still is a lot cheaper than Australia. Yeah. Um, but it just, you don't have that benefit when you're kind of booking online and doing things like that. You don't have that benefit of meeting the surgeon, meeting the crew are going to do it um, and kind of getting the, get the feel because it's like, it, with any kind of procedure, especially permanent procedures, you just want to have that trust in the person that's doing it. And as soon as I got there and met this guy, I didn't have that trust. He was very rushed, very rude. Um, and he basically outlined what he was going to do. Didn't give me any choice in the matter. Um, and I'd, I'd already flown over there and paid the money. So I didn't really, I was a bit freaked out to be honest. Um, do you feel like you had, do you feel like you could back out or do you feel like you, because you had spent the money and you were there that you felt like you needed to go ahead? Yeah. And I was also just like, well, now I'm just like, I mean, he is, he is an actual qualified surgeon. And I was just like, well, I'm just, he might just be a rude person, but he could still do a good job. Sure. Um, so I just, uh, I went ahead with it. And then the, the scariest bit was when he, he did the, this one, this next one was FUT because I already had the FUA scars and I mm-hmm. um, didn't want more of them, so I did FUT. Took the, which um, is um, which is leaving you with a, a lineal scar at the back of the head. Yeah. yeah yep. Yep. Um, and they, he took that out and then left the room and then all his just it was just left with his um, uh, technicians basically. Sure. Um, which is which is fine if they're they're well trained, but I I don't think they're all well trained. Sure. Um, yep. So basically. From everything I'd learnt there, if you are going to get yes, there is there is good um, results with definitely, and I've seen them good results with hair transplants. But you just got to make sure you go on to people that have are very well trained. Um, yeah, and yeah, and actually just care about what your what your results are going to be. Yeah. Um, Excellent. So then how long did you sit with that result? So you started to see the new growth from yep. procedure number two. And yep. how many how many grafts did we do this time? Uh, that was 1,500. So I was okay. mainly trying to fix up, well, I was mainly adding more density to the hairline and more, and a bit more density to the crown. Um, Lovely. I'd really, I'd lost, when I first, when I started um, losing hair, it was, it was just in the, the temples and, and in the crown. It wasn't really that much through the midsection. Yep. Uh, but it was starting to go, it was starting to thin. Um, and yeah, so then I waited a, a year after that, 
and because these technicians, I don't think they really understood how to do a natural hairline either. Um, it was kind of looking more and more unnatural and I was loathing to be going through any more procedures. I was just, I was very much over it at this point. Um, I really just wanted to shave my head, um, mm-hmm. but I had all these scars in the back and I just didn't want to be walking around with that. So I just felt like I was in a bit of a tricky situation with it and I was just really wanted to be done with it. Yeah. Um, so at this stage, you've had four and a half thousand um, grafts, which yep. is roughly around eight thousand ish, yeah. nine thousand hairs, depending on the numbers. Um, do you feel that the expectations that they gave you sort of met, um, met were your results met the expectations they they sort of promised, or do you feel no, like no, not at okay. all. And that, that like one, I don't know how many of those grafts survived. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't feel that they all survive. The other thing is they don't really, especially when, like, I was I was at fault because I didn't do enough research. I do a lot of research. So it taught me a good lesson, but they don't give you any indication of the fact that people are getting these procedures which are permanent, leave you for a scar, and then there's a, they don't give you any other option apart from finasteride and minoxidil on that, how to keep the rest of your hair. They don't even really point that out and if mm-hmm. you say you're not keen on finasteride and minoxidil really they should if from their perspective they don't think there's any other option for keeping your hair really they should not do the procedure because yeah. you're going to end up with just islands of hair and then the rest of it's going to be lost mm-hmm. I've, i have i have come across something since then that i think and it has so far helped me retain my hair but we can talk about that in a bit when we, yep. when we come to it yeah um but excellent so um and now sort of you have lost a density at the back as well. So with your lifestyle yeah. and, and what you like to do socially, like do you feel like, you know, now the back area had become more of a concern for you now? Yeah, 100%. So, so I had this what was called um, like over-harvesting um, for all the people listening. Um, it's, it's basically where they, especially the first procedure that I had done, they just took too much hair from the back in, in certain areas and it just looks very, very sparse yeah. um, in, in certain areas along on the back of my scalp. Um, so that was that was very frustrating. And I'm a very much a water person, so I'm in the water all the time. Um, and it was just very obvious. Um, well, to me, it was obvious. I, I don't know. No one actually ever commented. Um, but I've got some nice friends, so yeah. <laughs> they might have just been being nice. Yeah. Um, so I kind of had a few problems. At, and this was this was just late last year. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't know what I've, so I've got all this sparseness at the back. It's kind of sparse at the top. The, the hairline looked very fake. It, it was very straight. Um, and it didn't, it didn't look like what I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, so then at the very start of this year, I had two meetings with two people that completely changed the situation. And then, so one of them was a, a hair transplant surgeon in Sydney. Mm-hmm who went on to, he, with very, very few amount of hairs, he's gone and completely made my hairline, front hairline look very natural. Yep. So that was you, Caitlin, and that oh. just changed <laughs> a huge amount for the rest, rest of my hair, like from the, um, from the hairline back. Yep. Um, because that was, a, that was a big concern because I just had, especially at the, the, the back where I could never regrow the hair because it was actually taken out. Yep. Um, that was, that needed to be, filled in otherwise it yeah for the rest of my life it was just going to look very thin 
Lovely. So, um, and what did you do next? So um, February is when I first met with you and we um, yep. talked at length about different options. You'd gone through sort of where you had been um, up until that point with the, with the procedures. Um, and you had the idea that you wanted to still soften off the front area, which is not something that scalp micropigmentation could really help with. We don't like to put yeah. our, our pigment outside the hairline if you've got long hair because um, yeah. we obviously don't want to create something that your eye is drawn to. It, it wouldn't look natural. So um, next step, you went off to Sydney. Yes. Yeah. So I went up to Sydney. Um I was doing a bit of a road trip at the time anyway, so I was, I've, I've been, yeah, driving around and I went up to Sydney and uh, met met with a surgeon up there who I'd done a lot of research with and I was making sure that I was going to actually meet this guy before we went, went through with anything. Um, and he was very, very professional. Um, and for anyone listening, are you okay if I put his name out there, Caitlin? Um, yeah, if, if you want to give him a glowing review, absolutely. Yeah, he's... Um, Dr. Jonathan Chan in Sydney. Um, I, I went through, I went and met him and he went through a lot of, well, all, heaps of results that he had for other patients. And I was incredibly impressed. They were incredibly natural and I almost didn't believe it. Um, but after seeing how he does his work, it's, I can definitely say it's the real deal. Yeah. Um, and so all I needed was just the softening of the hairline um, because I was, wasn't keen on going any more large surgeries. Yeah. Um, but, I just wanted it to look natural. And at the moment, it looks as natural as it could. Um, and that's only, it's really only five months yep. after the surgery and it's already come through pretty strong. Yep. Amazing. Um, so, yeah. Amazing. So I was very happy with that. And then, so once once I'd done that, I was really only, I was, uh, to me, I would have been happy just to, when, when I met with, with you, Caitlin, I would have been happy to, if we just filled in the back, um, where the the over harvesting was. Yep. But I was I, I remember I, I kind of put the question to you when I met up with you the second time about whether you po- whether you thought it was possible just because in my crown and even it was starting it was just a bit thinner than I, than I would like um, moving forward to the from the from the back to the front. Yep. Um, it still is much better than it was a few years ago even, but um. I just I put the question to you about whether it was possible to fill in that area as well, and and you thought it was, and so when we went ahead with that, that was just that was much better than I could have hoped for. Yeah. Um, so so the um, the scalp micropigmentation really just helped to um, reduce the amount of skin showing. Um, through yeah. through the natural hair and transplanted hairs, um, yeah. and so it just gave the look of density um, without having to use any any hair thickening fibers or um, yeah. yeah 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 and, and that and that was and that's something that like I'm a I guess a skeptical person in nature and just like when I was originally reading about SMP and I like I heard that it could be done with long hair it just didn't make I thought that it would be obvious, mm-hmm. um, but I just cannot believe how like it, it is completely undetectable. Well, at least they just look like I have more hair, yeah. Um, which I just didn't really expect. And I know when we first met, you were, you were trying to reassure me, and I was I was trying to reassure myself, but I was just very nervous because I'd I'd been kind of burnt in the past mm-hmm. with these with any with a couple of um, procedures. Um, I was just very nervous going into this that it was going to look. Dotty, yeah, um, 
but I think this is just a big part of where like you have to trust the person that's doing if you don't trust the person doing a procedure for you, absolutely don't go ahead with it. Yeah, and that probably goes across not just in our little um, yeah. our world, our SMP world, but um, with yeah. hair transplant or any other um, surgical procedure, you have to really trust yeah. and make sure that that person gets you and gets what what it is that you're looking for and um, so you're both on the same page with what you're expecting from the procedure. Yeah, yeah. yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we've managed uh, to camouflage out the back area now. So um, the the area that was over harvested in the donor area now appears to be thicker and fuller. We've put some scalp micropigmentation through through there and um, in the crown area, um, yeah. and sort of sitting behind the hairline as well. Um, yeah. And overall, that I guess that gives you the the effect that the the hair transplants are thicker. Um, and fuller yeah. um, and overall that you just have a, a more dense head of hair. Yeah, and to be completely honest, I don't know if it's just me. Like, I, don't, I, I, I literally feel like I have a completely full head of hair now, apart from a tiny bit in the top of my crown, which is just like, I mean, that, I think a lot of people just have that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a bit thinner in the top of my crown, but I don't care at all about that anymore. Yep. Um, I, if I can just keep what I have, now then i'd just be over the moon excellent Um, and you you have managed to come across um a very natural way to help um instead of taking medications like your finasteride and minoxidil um how about you tell all the podcast listeners about what it is that you do for your maintenance now yeah well this is gonna um this is gonna cause a lot of the skeptics out there to kind of call bullshit but (laughs) I was very skeptical when I came across this method as well, um, but I thought I didn't really have much else to lose. Um, and I had read a lot of glowing kind of reports on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very simple. It's completely free. Um, and it's literally um, every kind of 36 to 48 hours, I do a 20 minutes, a half an hour scalp massage mm-hmm. um, on my, yeah, all over my head. Um and the, the, the theory behind it or the science behind it is that like scalp uh, hair loss is caused like I know uh, in science they've, they've kind of linked it to DHT, which this is uh, this is not denying that, it's, that DHT doesn't cause it. But mm-hmm. um, what DHT does is actually restricts the blood flow to the follicles and that's what actually causes the hair loss. And that's what minoxidil is doing um, is, is trying to increase that blood flow to your follicles. Yep. Um, and this scalp massage actually just treat like um reduces fibrosis which is um clogs up your arteries um and what's the other one fibrosis and i can't remember the name of it but basically what you're doing is increasing blood flow to your follicles Mm -hmm. and you're removing that dht which is further reducing the the blood flow and oxygen to your follicles um and it increases the laxity of your um your scalp so when you see a really really bald person and if you were to feel their scalp, um, it's it's very tight. Yep. There's no blood. There's no blood being allowed to flow through there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that that lack of blood flow is actually what causes the hair loss. Yeah. So. So yeah, this is a more of a ma- manual manipulation. So we're talking about yeah. um, quite a, a a vigorous sort of um, a massage to the scalp that's really inc- increasing erythema, so bringing up the blood flow back 
back up to the area. So not just yeah. um, you know something that feels lovely, but it's actually a, like a working massage. Oh yeah, and, and essentially that painful. is yeah, <laughs> and essentially at the beginning that is is what minoxidil does. So it, um, yeah. minoxidil is a vasodilating medication that um, you know increases the blood flow, um, and so this is a, a, a drug free way. Um, yeah. of of getting the same benefits. Um, yeah, as, and it's the same. Yeah. It's the same also as derma rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the it's it's the same principle. Yeah, um, trying to create those micro wounds so that your blood rushes to to that area and mm-hmm. and then the follicles benefit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. So that's that's basically what I'm doing at the moment. And I and within, I haven't, I definitely haven't lost any hair since. I started doing it, um, but and I'm fairly certain. I don't know now that I've had the SMP; it's a bit hard to tell. Mm-hmm. But I'm fairly like it's from this time last year. Um, I have a significantly amount, yeah. other, a significant amount more hair. I have the appearance of a significant amount of more yeah. hair. Yeah. Um, so even if it's on, on the on the persons at, on on the sites that I was visiting where I found out about this, there was people with like really significant regrowth um i don't know whether i've had significant regrowth or it's just um it's just maintained what i had um i feel that i have but i, mm-hmm. I should have been taking like proper photos as i went yeah um but it's just it's an option for people that uh yeah don't want to go down the pharmaceutical route um maybe have lost a bit of lost a bit of hair want to maintain what they have and if you've lost just enough that it's that it's just noticeable and you want to try and maintain it i would just if i would highly recommend just trying these massages out and then if you can get it to a point where you're maintaining and then you go you can go get scalp micropigmentation you can quite literally go back to a full head of hair yeah and the benefit Uh, is that there's no surgery and no medications involved there which um i feel a lot of people um are either at that point where they're they're the same as you where they've done the transplant but they don't want to be on medications and they're looking for something that's um going to give them a result without the medications and and that's exactly what um scalp massages are, are great for plus scalp micropigmentation if you just want the look of something more dense um so together they they work amazingly yeah yeah um i can give the for anyone that's interested um i can give the website that i predominantly mm-hmm. got all my information on this for and he's got a wealth of information on his website about other kind of um non-pharmaceutical mm-hmm. methods but his main method is is um the scalp micropigment uh, sorry about the massages excellent um and He's done a lot. He's he's, he's written science, um, like scientific articles and got them peer reviewed and stuff on this method. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's got a lot of his work kind of all on this website. And so it's called Perfect Hair Health, and the guy's name is Rob English. Excellent. I'm sure heaps of guys are going to go check that out. And ladies, that's the best thing is that it's not just for for the guys; it is for the ladies as well. And um, we 100%. know with our ladies, it's um, you know they will you know try everything they can. So um, this is a great way of having you know not having to invest in medications and things like that if they're not quite ready to. So make sure you go and check that out as well as another yep. another alternative um, hair growth procedure. Yeah. So yeah. if you're comparing the two, like scalp micropigmentation and hair transplant, um, 
what is what's the recovery time with hair transplant for you? So to just go back to um, you know day one of of hair transplant, you know how long is the recovery and what's the pain associated when you compare that with an SMP procedure? Oh, they're pretty night and day. Um, the pain, I mean, they numb you up a lot with the um, with the hair transplant, so you don't actually. I mean, some of the injections can be a bit painful, but apart from that, um, you don't feel a whole lot during the procedure itself. Um, the next day, your head is very, very sore, um, and it's very uncomfortable for quite a long time. Trying to sleep, you can't roll over um, at all when you're sleeping because basically for the first 10 days, you have to protect your drafts like as best. They, they can't bump. They can't be bumped. They can't do anything. Yeah. Um, and so you spend all this money and time, you, you want to do it right. So it's a, it's a, it's a real pain in the ass. Um, and the, you can't, or you can, if you want going out in public so, uh, is not fun when you've just had a transplant. Um, I was fortunate that I was in a country that I didn't know anyone. So that was okay. But, um, yeah, if you're doing it, you, you basically wouldn't want to get it done and then go back to your hometown really and um, not for the first couple of weeks because mm-hmm. it's very obvious what's happened. Your scalp is very, very red. You've got um, little blood, bloody scabs all over you. Um, it, it's just, it's incredibly obvious. Yeah. Um, and then, so that's a, that's probably for the first two or three weeks. Um, then your hair starts because you have to shave your head for this, um, for the transplant. Yeah. Um, and you've, so that's the first few weeks and then it grows out enough, but you, your hair can still maintain this, it, like your scalp can still maintain this real pink, um, this mm-hmm. redness for mm-hmm. a few months. Yep. Um, and yeah, so you've actually got a few months there where it's, it's kind of obvious. Um, and yep. yeah, so you're and just so... waiting. And, the, and then with the hair transplant, the, I don't know if any, if you haven't, if whoever's listening, if you haven't done any research on that, you you lose your hair, all the hair that got transplanted, you lose that in the first four to six weeks. Yeah. Um, for most people, I actually weirdly was pretty lucky and didn't lose a whole heap. Yeah. Um, but they said that was quite rare. Um, but then, yeah, so you, you lose your hair and then that grows back within three to six months to up to a year later yeah. um, for your fine, to see your final results. Yeah. Um, so that's hair transplants, and then SMP, SMP was a totally different story. It was, I mean, it it, it it's a tattoo, so it, it it does sting while it's while it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I don't have any other tattoos on me, so I can't compare to what a what a, a real tattoo feels like. But I've been told, and and from everything I've read, it's significantly less than a than a a, a normal tattoo. Yep. Um, but after that, there's just that's it. <laughs> yeah. You, um, apart from you don't want to sh- you don't want to shower for the first five days. Yeah. Um, so just Kat- so keeping Kat- the scalp dry for five days is our yep. aftercare. Yep. Yep. Um, but apart after that, um, that was it. Uh, there was no more pain. No one could tell. Um, I could immediately go out. Like e- even after the, I remember after the first time I ever got the my first session of SMP with Caitlin. Um, I just went and caught up with a mate and had a barbecue and just literally, he had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah it, so was, it was a totally It certainly doesn't keep you from, like, your social events and things like that. 
Um, yeah. um, and I guess it's a lot easier to sort of slip into to daily life than it is with the transplanting. You need to prepare a bit more, obviously, um, yeah. with the transplanting. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, yeah. I, I guess for recommendations between the two, if you can maintain your hair enough that you could fill it in with SMP, I would recommend anyone do that first. Um, if you're comfortable shaving your head and you're happy with a like a shaved head, I would recommend that a hundred percent before anything. I wouldn't even worry about anything else and just shave your head and do the SMP and fill it in like it with the shaved head look. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but if you want long hair, try out these these scalp massages or if even if you're happy with pharmaceuticals and they work for you, I would use them and and get the SMP for as long as you can and ha- leave hair transplant as a last resort. Um, And I would only do hair transplant once you know that you can maintain the other parts of your head so that you're never going to get a hair transplant that's going to replace all your hair. It's just, it's just impossible. Um, So they're, they're, they're a last resort. I'm I'm very much regret not doing my research and just jump in. Yeah. Brilliant. All right. Um, is there anything else that you want to add as well before we go? Um, uh, I think we gave the, the notes for websites and everything, didn't we? Um, is there anything else that you wanted to, to recommend to the listeners? Um, the, no, I think we've kind of covered everything that I would ever recommend. Yep. I like, honestly, if I, was, if I was to go back in time, like if I could go, yeah, if I could go back in time and tell myself when I first started losing hair, what I kind of just went through before is what I would suggest to myself. And that's what I'd suggest to anyone that came up to yeah. me now and yeah, then, and ask for advice on it. Um, so yeah, just try and do something to maintain what you have first and then look at options to, to make it appear thicker or to actually make it thicker or, um, so yeah. I would, yeah, I would go from the order of trying to find something to maintain it. But if you don't, if you can't maintain it or you don't care about maintaining it and you're happy to shave your head, so some of the, like the, some of what I've seen of the shaved head SMP just look incredible. So that's yeah. definitely a good option. But if you want longer hair, you have to try and find a way to maintain it. Yeah. And if you can do that, um, I would definitely recommend filling with SMP if like, it is so totally undetectable from a point of like no one can detect that you've had it, but it's so detectable in the in the from the point of view that it really looks like you have thicker hair. Like it, um, Excellent. especially if you're in the water a lot. Because for me, it's like as people, if you if anyone's listening and you're kind of losing your hair, you'll know that when it's in when it's wet, it looks a lot worse. Um, yeah. When like if I get out of the out of the water these days and, and look in the mirror it just looks like I have a full head of hair um, excellent so, yeah we're so glad to have helped you and thank you so much for your time um, telling the podcasters about your experience and um, and thank you again for your time not a problem Caitlin thank you so much for, for everything you've done really excellent all right thanks so much Josh awesome see you Caitlin bye, bye.